Hi guys, welcome back to Slightly Spiritual. Annie, thanks for joining us today. Hey. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super, super excited. Um, <clears throat> Cindy and I were talking this morning about how this just felt very um, like kismet, very meant to be, because we have been looking for someone who like energetically felt good and you know, was like a true expert in the Akasha records for so long, like probably since we started this podcast, because we get so many questions about it. And we're both so curious and just nobody has either been a good fit or like, it's really hard to find people that read them. And then we had Amanda Tiberian as our last guest. And she talked all about her reading with you. And I was like, I need to meet this person. And I texted her like, as soon as we got off the podcast and I was like, can you send me her information? Um, so I'm super excited that you're here. And then at some point we'll have to do a part two because at this winter, this winter I'm going, when I have like, when things calm down a little bit from work and life and craziness, um, I want you to do my Akashic records then we can talk about it on the podcast. So anyway, so I'm excited. Just to put it out there, sometimes this happens when I start talking about spiritual stuff. I never know how long the voice thing is going to do its thing. Oh. Usually when I start talking about stuff that oh. important to the person I'm speaking to. Oh my God. It'll just come and go. So first of all, I love Amanda. How I got connected to her was through this girl, um, I want to get her exact name. She's changed it a few times, but her name is Jen. And she's also in like the Spoonie autoimmune circle. Um, I'm going to get her handle just so you have her info. But I had been talking to her. Jinx Wellness, that's her name. Oh, and okay. I had been talking to her for a long time because I have mast cell activation syndrome myself. Oh, and- oh my God. I'm sorry. It's okay. I have mast cell too. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. It yeah. sucks. And so I got um, connected through her. And initially when I met her, I was a hairdresser. And I was okay. transitioning out of that because I had gotten so sick that I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And then one day, Jen posted something that Amanda wrote. And he was asking, about oh. and she was like, Hey, don't you do this now? And I was like, yeah, I do do that now. So then I wrote in, uh, in Amanda's comment box about it. And then we got connected and then I read for her and I read for a bunch of her friends and like working with her really like opened a lot of things up. Yeah. She's a great connector. Um, yeah. So really good at spotting who can like fit well together. Um, but I've been doing, I've been having spiritual stuff happen to me since I was a teenager. Like it started with premonitions about death and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and talking to dead people and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, but then I would always stuff it away. But then when I yeah. started doing hair, my intuition just amped up what I found is that a lot of people who work in industries where there's high touch or high yeah. people their intuition they might have a, a small bit of it to begin with 
but the fact that they're always constantly open, they're having to pay attention to social cues, that keeps them even more wide open to receiving that information. At one point, I was trying to ignore the spirituality so much that I physically got ill and I was forced to stop working. And I spent a lot of time in and out of the hospital for like nine months trying to figure out what was going on. I lost 50 mm -hmm. pounds. I was super sick. At yeah. one point, I could only eat like 20 foods. It was like the worst. Yeah. And then found out what it was, got on the right medicine. But in that journey of like, I want to say it was like nine months of like lucid dreaming, Benadryl-induced coma, mm -hmm. trying to deal with the allergic reactions. Yeah. That opened me up so much because I was kind of forced to face my astral self. Yeah. So it started in tarot, then in mediumship. And then I met this woman, Carrie Ann um, Price, and she's on the East Coast. She's in Connecticut. Um, and her website's called Reboot My Soul. She's my mentor. So anyone who is interested in being taught, she is a great facilitator of that. And I learned from her and I've been doing it ever since. And I've tried the other modalities, but this has been the thing that people constantly come back for because of how deep I can go. And even Carrie Ann's told me, she's like, you don't have to go that deep, you know? Like I'm, sometimes I'll get names of people and there's been a few instances where where uh, there was one girl in particular that I read for and it was one of the most insane readings that I've done. And I do try to steer away from giving names if it was an important historical figure, but mm -hmm. with this one, I couldn't help but tell her who it was because when I started describing the person to her, she was like, I know who that person is. I know who that person is. I know who that person is. And um, I was telling her about all the things that this person did and they're, that they tried to get married and they couldn't get married because of they got separated from their spouse. And I was like, I don't know how else to describe it because what I'm seeing, it's like almost kind of like a David Lynchian vision. It's like very foggy mm -hmm. and, uh, colors are very monochromatic and I can still see it and like the smell in the air was just so bad and all these people I just got the sense of like being rushed into almost like sardines being shoved into mm. an and I saw a glimmer of yellow on people's shirt mm. and then I was able to get it, we were being shoved in a train and I was able to get a glance in the, in the reflection and I saw my face so I knew what I looked like. And so I'm telling her, I'm telling her, I'm telling her. And then she just starts breaking down crying and she's like, oh. the Holocaust. And she's like, mm -hmm. I've been obsessed with the Holocaust since I was seven years old. Wow. And she's like, I never understood why. Um, it was like, you know, Schindler's List came out when I was a kid and she was like, I told my mom, you have to take me to see that. You have to take me to see that. And she was like, my mom thought it wasn't age appropriate. And she's like, but I begged her to take me. And she's like, I never understood why from a young age, I would find anything that I could 
and read about it and be enraged and have all these feelings that were so much bigger than my age at that time. Feelings I couldn't comprehend. She was like, now I understand. This mm -hmm. was like December, January of last year. Now where it gets really crazy is I had like five or six people come up that had past lives in the Holocaust around that time. And it wasn't until the end of January, I was reading like a news article. And then I saw at the end of January is Holocaust Remembrance Month. So all uh, of these people were coming so that they could release this trauma that they had been carrying around this Remembrance Day. And that was like yeah. one of the first things that like really woke me up about how crazy these experiences can be and how energetically people know when they're ready to release it but the fact that it was like this commonality and like people back to back yeah. um and two of them knew exactly what I was talking about another girl um <clears throat> I told her she had like 10 people following her and I I said I don't know like this might be a little triggering, but I explained to her how they died. And she's like, I know exactly who those people are. And I said, well, mm -hmm. you're one of the little boys reincarnated. And that's why they follow you around because they want to keep you safe. But oh. they draw a certain amount of energy to be around you because they haven't fully transitioned. It's, it's, it's yeah. like if they had fully transitioned, they'd be getting their energy from a more expansive source versus being yeah. stuck in physical reality where they kind of have to draw from things that are stuck here and so um she was like those are my relatives and she's like I know exactly who they are my dad that story it was so wild I mean sorry to like <laughs> the first thing we talk about is like the heaviest shit ever like I'm maybe we'll put like a little like trigger warning for people because you know some people it's if they have that in their family lineage, it can be yeah. a lot to take in. Um, and even yeah. just some people, if you're an empath, hearing about yeah. the travesties is like really hard. Um, but that like, <laughs> that's been, um, I've, I've had a lot of really crazy experiences. What I realized going into this, doing this type of work, number one, never judge a book by its cover. You... Mm -hmm can meet people that you know they tell you oh my god my life is a mess this and that and, da, da, da. and I'm like well guess what baby girl well, guess what baby boy you did this and this and this in your past life so you have the capacity and you have the power to do that now but yeah. let's clear away all this shit that's hanging out in the ethers that doesn't serve you anymore so that you can have your energy reintegrate in a way that is for your best and highest good that helps you feel like you have the right amount of energy to do all these goals and these things that you have for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really empowering for, for a lot of people. Like, I, and I notice every couple of months I'll have themes of the clients that I get. And so last month I had like three or four people that were having a lot of trouble um, getting jobs. And I did present life Akasha clearings on them and telling them about like, okay, versus past life, it's like, what? Some people will just tell you like your story, whether it's good or bad or whatever. But I focus on, and the way that I do it is um, I focus on what are the things that are following you from past lives 
traumas that you have that you're still kind of reliving or holding on to so we can let that go so that you can reach what your initial what not initial but what your true purpose is and so I approach present life clearings like the same way so it's like if you have you know a a relationship that you broke up with somebody and you can't seem to let go of them and you have had a dry spell you're trying to go on dates you can't meet anyone you're not getting serviced or anything you know like (laughs) you might have a past life or uh, you might have a a soulmate contract where you're still giving Mm -hmm. into that you know so that's something that can be cleared out you might have some vows of chastity assigned with that person sometimes they originate from a past life sometimes it's the first time you've met this person and it's like a twin flame situation or a not a twin flame would be probably more past life karmic but you know you could be like a soulmate with this person but for one reason or another it's not working out or it's not the right time and this thing is just kind of following you and haunting you and keeping you from propelling forward and meeting new people and you know shit like that but (laughs) but this theme that's been going on the last few months for me has been people who've had trouble getting jobs and so all of these people, we did the clearings right before their job interviews. They went, they got offers before retrograde started. So they're like, oh my God. <laughs> like, cause they say like during Mercury retrograde, like it's not good to start any new contracts or stuff like that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's like, the things that you can help people with can be something so small that's mon. Well, I guess the job isn't small, but you can help with more mundane issues like that with relationship issues. I've had people that I've done clearings on where they have like terrible relationships with their mother-in-laws mm-hmm. and then suddenly their mother-in-laws are like super nice to them. Afterwards. <laughs> and it's like, who the fuck doesn't want that? Like, yeah, cool. And um, also just when you're doing present life readings and clearings, it's more more in the, the physical mundane of like problems now. But when you're dealing with past life stuff, I would say a good way for someone to know if they feel like they need a past life clearing versus a present life one is if they've had certain themes of things that continuously haunt them and they don't understand the origins in which they came from. So like if you have like, a fear of swimming in the ocean and you're like mm-hmm. I've literally never drowned I know how to swim I never had a traumatic experience but I'm terrified I only like swimming pools I don't like going in vast open spaces like hey you might be a min talking you know because like <laughs> for example that's a star that's one one star seed I'm a min talking and the thing with that is that it's supposed to have been a water planet that I previously incarnated in before coming here and it had very beautiful, clear, open waters, very peaceful place. But what's scary about earth is that waters are not always clear. There's creatures mm-hmm. underneath. You can be put in a sense of danger. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. uh, It can be very overwhelming. Um, 
so I love the water, but I'm scared to go in water that is not clear. That's just like one little thing. Um, and uh, I always wondered why. And when I, I got my first reading with my mentor, because she clears you before she teaches you so that you can be more of an open vessel and you don't have like blockages preventing mm. you from being overwhelmed by some of the information that comes in. Um she told me that and I was like, so that's where that comes from. That's crazy. So, you know, uh, there's a myriad of things that, that, um, you can help resolve. Um, obviously you cannot make medical claims when you're not a doctor. Um, however, people have come to me after getting energy clearings and said that they noticed certain things subsided in frequency. So yeah. maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I can't say, but the things I've seen have been pretty wild, like results that, that happen for people. I'll, I'll say, I can say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm very open about, I always talk about, um, when Cindy and I met and I started working with Cindy, I was really, really, really sick. Um, and I feel like it's the thing that really helped me get better, like start to get better and start that journey. So I'm, I'm a huge believer in that side of things. Um, I want to back up for a second though, because no, that's okay. Um, I want people to understand, not just, um, well, I guess people can't understand the high level if we don't go basics first. So yeah, sorry. um do you mind giving me like a I guess like a few sentences or like a crash course on what exactly like are the Akashic records like what is it because in my head and I don't know why I picture it this way I like picture it like this giant like never-ending library just with like these thick books that like I'm pulling out and I just I have so many questions about it because it's so unclear to me like what it actually is yeah so the akashic records is basically a center of all events that have happened in all of time now in order to access them properly people utilize different visualization techniques some people envision going into a library some people envision going up an elevator and mm-hmm. some people imagine going through a door different things it's kind of like when you're trying to get fit there's a bunch of different exercises you could do to get to the same result and mm-hmm. that's like always what yeah. i say there's a few different ways to access this information even like with mediumship you know there's a bunch of different ways mm-hmm. you can open the circle you can call in the elements you can call in the archangels but you're the intention is to get to that same arrival point. And so uh, the way that I learned was the elevator trick <laughs> where it's like, yeah. I envision going in an elevator where in the 3D, they say spiritual information is accessed at the 5D or higher, but yeah. I go to the 5D and allegedly that's where the Akashic records are. And the way that I personally see it when I come, because what I've realized with a lot of spiritual things is that number one, based off of our, our psychic senses, um, that's part of how we receive the information. 
Um, some people are stronger at hearing things. Some people are stronger at smelling. Some are stronger at at touching. You know, yeah. Um, I oftentimes get dropped off in the body of the person, which is always kind of jarring <laughs> when I do it because I'm like, oh, I have different. <laughs> I have a pain on my side. That is not my pain. Mm -hmm. um, but but how I envision the records themselves when I go in is, and you can, ass I assign names to these spiritual beings that I interact with when I go there. So there's Gladys at the front desk. <laughs> <laughs> and I always tell her the name of the person that I'm reading for. And I'm like, okay, do I have information? am I confusing this person with anyone else alive or dead? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> am I, am I um, do I have permission to access their records? Yes. And then it's like, you know, back and forth and back and forth. And then it's like, okay, can you take me to this person's records? And so I envision it like a card catalog system, kind of like the library, but that's oh. how it, that's how my brain digests it. Some people it's long scrolls, some people it's long books. Your higher self knows what way you will best receive the information, what's the clearest, fastest way for you personally to receive the information. So that's how you will visualize it. Um, what's easiest for you to digest? And I guess for me, it's, you know, this little old lady with bifocals that sounds like yeah. books and. <laughs> And, and what I've noticed is um, time doesn't move the same there. So if you are mm. being asked to shown, to be shown someone's records, I'll say like, oh, can you take me there? And it's like, I just feel like we're speeding to the area. It's not like we're walking. Like, I'm just like, mm -hmm. oh, we're here. This is crazy. Okay. Yeah. Let's go in. Glad <laughs> she'll open the thing, give me their card. And then it's like, I'm dropped in. Oh my God. So for me personally, some people do live channeling and the way that I like to do it is I feel like I get the best information when I do automatic writing. Mm. And then later on, and it comes in a bit disjointed sometimes, like sometimes it'll be not complete sentences. So I go back in mm -hmm. and revise it later on, but I get all the essence of the sensations I'm feeling in my body, what's going on around me um the relationship dynamics with the people that I have you know uh cords mm -hmm. connected to still and stuff of that nature and then there is an element of live channeling when I do the actual reading for the person but I feel like you know how like have you ever seen that medium Tyler Henry how he scribbles when he does his sessions yeah he, for me personally the automatic writing and having that something monotonous going on really helps me drop in and get in the zone so there are many ways to do it some people prefer past life regression where rather than the reader being the one that's recanting this information to you they guide you through the process of you mm. retelling your story it requires getting hypnotized though so not everyone <laughs> likes that because they're like oh yeah. little dicey um, but thankfully now we have, you know, recording devices. So you can always record your sessions to make sure that you feel comfortable with how you were spoken to or that nothing weird's going on, you know. Um, yeah. But there's many ways to access the Akashic Records. That, that was my point of bringing all that. <laughs> 
but yeah, it's just, it's, um, it's a place beyond our dimension where all information exists. I like to describe it as like the cloud. Like yeah. if we had, that's the closest thing I can think of, like an R, I guess, immediate that reality is- that reminds me. Cause I'm like, I don't get it. And I'm like, it's like the cloud. Like it's up there somewhere. You like, you know, you have to have a computer and a password to get to it, which is what yes. you're describing is like, sometimes it's a door, sometimes it's an elevator, sometimes it's a whatever, you know, um, a person at the front desk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's how I describe it for clients who ask me. I'm like, it's like the cloud. It's like there, you know, it's out there. Some, you know, you can get to it, but how it works, but it's exactly, (laughs) we don't understand how it works, but we know it's there and we're saving stuff to it and we can go back and check it whenever we want. So like, imagine a cloud for like all your lifetimes, right. Or like everything. So okay, great. Feel free. Well, cause I think a lot of people have trouble, like, I mean, visualizing or I'm a visual learner, I guess is a way to, not that we can see the cloud, but people know it, right. They can see it on their computer or on their phone. Yeah. I'm saving this to the cloud. You know, it's a visual thing. So that's how I, I love like to it. describe it. Yeah. Than how I described it. <laughs> I like how you both described it because it, it's the first time I feel like I've heard it described in a way where. I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Like I can kind of like wrap my head around that. It's not just like, oh, it's source experiencing itself, which like yeah. is the truth. It's the truth. But yeah, what is, I'm like, but what does it mean? What, tell me what it means. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm also curious to know, like with the Akashic records, is it something like everyone has the power like within them to access or are only certain people granted access to them? Like it just, it sounds so fancy. So it depends who you talk to because certain Akashic circles um, believe that like, yes, everyone can access it, but uh okay so it's very rare that I can't read for people but occasionally there are certain soul groups it may be ill-advised to read for interesting because (laughs) because certain soul groups um and it sounds crazy but all of us know that person that when we're around them, we feel absolutely drained after we hang out with them. Yeah. And certain soul groups are of that nature. So mm-hmm. technically you could read for that person if you want to, but it's kind of hard because soul groups that fall into that category, and there's like two, right? Uh, soul groups that fall into that category can sometimes um, err on the side of, I don't want to say the word energy vampire because my mentor would hate saying that word. She's like, people- It just sucks you dry. Yeah, she's like, what it sounds like. You, you give permission to people to 
those people to be in your life and it's like okay yeah but like sometimes you gotta interact with them if they're in your family but (laughs) (laughs) you can't cut everybody off but um yeah so sometimes when you're around certain people like that the problem of gaining accuracy when you're reading for them is because they draw a lot of energy from everyone around them you don't always know if you're reading for them or Mm -hmm. the person they just had lunch with and so what I've noticed is if you do try to read for those soul groups you'll be telling them stuff and like well that doesn't make any sense that sounds like my sister and it's like oh Uh you just had you know you were just hanging out with her (laughs) so yeah Yeah. basically it's like you anyone can access them and technically you can read for anyone Mm -hmm. but it's like do you with certain groups of people it's a matter of like do I what kind of boundary do I have set basically think about it if that type of soul group was to be reading imagine you not feeling good after your clearings with them like it was yeah. then you know, it's like your mind kind of goes there because it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's not a conscious thing that they're doing that's uh, that's what i want to reiterate it's the thing of, okay so when we're going into star seeds the the theory of star seeds is a bit controversial not everyone believes it and they're that's fine but I always share the person's um, place of origin. And it doesn't mean that they haven't had incarnations within other experiences beyond earth or other planets or star seed systems. But I still always like to describe the characteristics because at the core, people will often be like, oh my God, that is, yeah. I've always kind of wondered why I think like that and why I operate like that. And so within the confines of, of, of different, star groups and even though it's a bit of a controversial topic I feel like it's important to share those things um there was a point I was going to make and I totally just forgot what I was story of my life and we like Cindy and I are both star seeds we believe in star seeds and I think most of our listeners if not all of them are like very into the whole star seed thing so this is a safe space for fellow star seeds (laughs) (laughs) but but it's um oh I remember what I was gonna say that it's not something the way that we operate and kind of function as far as star seeds go is not something that a person consciously does it's just kind of like the way you were born and so when we're looking at these soul groups that do kind of draw energy from other people they're Mm -hmm. not doing it consciously they're not doing it to be vicious it's that's how they survive and it kind of sucks but you know it is what it is we've all come here in this incarnation to learn things from one another and most of the places that um our star systems don't really have souls there anymore so it's like clearly we have some shit to learn that maybe we can go back to our planets one day and resolve some things that we did wrong you know yeah (laughs) Like, like um you know this one planet doesn't exist anymore like what did you learn you know let's let's go to earth and figure it out work with different kinds of souls people let's all get along yes oh my god I'm over caffeinated this morning. So that's why I'm all like, no, I love it. Um, 
Well, on that note, because I feel like these two things kind of go together. Cindy, you had wanted to ask about like, I guess like collectively what we can learn or like from certain instances. That's kind of what Annie was just talking about on like a, a broad higher level scale. Yeah, from like a star speed, but just even from like a human's perspective, are there any, you know, collective messages or insights and not just for today, like not like in, in present time, but was there anything that you've ever picked up like from the events of 9-11? Like, was there a higher collective message or learning that we were all supposed to go through or did go through or really just, is there, I do, I know you mentioned themes in readings, like in certain months, you have certain themes. Um, have there been any that have been really like aha or big around, I mean, we could go as big as like the age of Aquarius or, you know, just, I was just curious if anything really stuck out to you or something that's really, that you've learned a lot that you've shared with clients mm -hmm. over and over and over again, that are re not readers. Oh my God. That our listeners could benefit <laughs> from. I've been reading a lot of books lately. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Anyways, that our listeners could benefit from knowing as well. Yeah. So the thing that I have learned and it's going to sound so cliche, but it's like, our differences really are our commonalities. Um, hmm. And what I mean by that is that all of us have trauma that we're not aware of, whether it be passed down from previous lifetimes or through epigenetics, which is like, if your parent was in a war zone, when you were in utero, you're going to have chronic, you can have chronic PTSD too. And it could be like activated yeah. by certain things. So yeah, we're all connected through our traumas. And I think when people can kind of operate from a space of that, of understanding that certain people responding the way they are, not so much because of you, but because of their own experiences, mm -hmm can start being a hell of a lot nicer to each other now yeah. when it comes to world events and stuff like that it's gonna be it's gonna be a controversial thing that i'm about to say oh but a lot of higher up people not all there are freedom fighters in there but a lot of higher up people are the souls that feed off of others. Mm. So by being, okay, well, there's a few different star seeds. Okay, so there's some that they don't necessarily draw energy from people, but they draw energy from being a center stage. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Then, then there's some that actually do draw energy from other people. So those two, Got it. Those two groups tend to be uh, leaders. So what I've kind of danced around with when I've been in these like meditative states is that sometimes certain events that are brought to, I guess you could say the news, uh, that are bigger, that are made bigger than they actually are. Like, let's say you have a relative in another country and you're like, oh my God, I heard this on the news. And they're like, nobody's talking about that here. Like, yeah. um, that sometimes it can be, and I'm not saying don't pay attention to the news. That is not what I'm saying at all. Oh, I say that all the time. You're free to say that on this 
podcast. I tell people all the time, if it's making you feel anxious, exhausted, or drained, yeah. stop watching it. Like take a break. You need a break from it. If it's making you feel drained. Yes, I agree. Don't watch it. But what I was going to say is that, you know, sometimes it's a distraction from greater things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's what I like to call wizard of Oz man syndrome. Like, Oh, look over here. Pay attention. No attention to that man behind the curtain. There's a whole lot of that. Oh, a lot of that. Um, And then there are people, um, let's just say there's a really famous family with a bunch of sisters, right? I'm not going to say no names, but that particular group, what you'll notice of those people is if sales of a certain item that they're promoting isn't going well, there'll always be a fucking scandal. Those Mm -hmm. would be people that I would say draw energy from inciting some type of mass trauma or or collective uproar that's your way of spotting in the media like the people who perpetually shove their bullshit down your throat or like there's always some crisis going on and it's something that isn't that big that's being made into this huge thing it's like you guys are the ones you're the ones that annie warned me about so when it comes to when it comes to life events or big things, I would say uh, pay attention to how you feel when you consume said media, and that'll let you know uh, if it's a figurehead that maybe is a little vampiric or I don't know. I don't know if that really answered your question, but. No, it did. I think that's, I think you brought it down to like a individual level, which is great of like, Mm -hmm. I was saying, is there anything in the records of like that people should know, but now after hearing your explanation and thinking of my question, you know, it's going to be unique for each person probably that you're reading for, right? Like when a collective event or a world event is happening, you know, I was wondering if the records had any particular like message, but you answered it perfectly of like, it's going to depend on each individual person and the lesson they need to learn from said event. And it could be, I'm sure there's some themed things that everyone's learning, but for each individual based on, as you mentioned earlier, is our individual traumas or individual, I call them soul contracts or lessons, then you're going to learn the Kasha records are probably going to have different messages for whomever you're reading for based on those world events, because that's the unique thing within their, within their record book. Right. So no, I think you answered it. Um, I think you answered it well. And that's a great way to, I think kind of like, I don't want to say wrap it up, but like put a little bow on it of like, they're, the records are like you, right? It's like, you, that's the way I understand it. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's you recording things for you for when you need it. And yeah. then there's people like you who can access that. So it's a beautiful, again, it's like the cloud. It's like you recording things mm-hmm. in the cloud for you so you can have it later. It's the same thing, right? So and then there's people like you who can access it and help share and, you know, bring that information forth for healing, which is so cool. I love it. It's so cool. Annie, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Um, for everybody listening, I am going to link Annie's website and Instagram in the episode description so you can go find her and ask any other questions you have, book readings, all the things. And if you do, I want to know what your past lives were. So you have to tell me because I'm nosy. Um, thank you so much, Annie. Thank, thank you. you. All thank right. you for rolling with the voice and all the weird things that come up. <laughs> oh my God, that's spirituality. There's nothing weird. Like there's nothing weird about it. That's like the funny thing is I'm like literally 
there's nothing weird about it. Like that's normal. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.